Monica Perez filling in for Eric Erickson. Eric will be back tomorrow. You might know my show. I'm on Saturdays from 3 to 6. Or you can check out my podcast if you want to know at MonicaPerezShow.com. It is Martin Luther King Day. If you want to hear WSB's own Herman Cain, his special hour to commemorate Martin Luther King Day, it will be replayed right after the show tonight, 7 to 8, right here on WSB. But if you do listen to my show, you know I always go a little bit deeper. I'm always getting into the deep history, stuff you don't read, stuff, well, certainly stuff you don't hear from the uh, cable news that's screaming at you from the glowing box in your living room. It's, uh, but on Martin Luther King Day, it's a very interesting opportunity, which I happen to stumble upon a few weeks ago, I think only without, I, I didn't know I would have a show today. I wasn't really thinking about Martin Luther King Day, but I uh, saw a mention of a book called Orders to Kill. And it was, it's sub, the subtitle is The Truth About the Assassination of Martin Luther King. So if you listen to my show, you know I'm a hardcore libertarian. But once, you, once you're that hardcore and really lose faith in the government and in the system and the media, the, the dialectic between left and right, you, can, you realize that there's a lot of times you're not getting all the truth, that the media on the left or the right is going to tailor the facts they give you to support their own position. So I always dig a little deeper. And when you do that, uh, a common weapon used against that approach is this allegation that you're a conspiracy theorist, that there's no support behind it. You're a tinfoil hat. You're a rational whatever. But if you and this Martin Luther King expose is a conspiracy theory, but it is so well documented. It's it's I would say you could say it was proven in a court of law that uh, it's an ideal opportunity to debunk, to to realize that allegations, that conspiracy theories are all bunk, are bunk in themselves. It was written by a guy named uh, Dr. William Pepper, who was a friend of Martin Luther King, and he ultimately became the lawyer for James Earl Ray, who was went to jail. <laughs> yeah, James Earl Ray, who went to jail for killing Martin Luther King, but he didn't have a trial. He pled guilty, supposedly by some funny business of his lawyer. And uh, and the the story that this guy relates about how James Earl Ray got railroaded and what really happened is absolutely riveting. Uh, there's tons of evidence of it. So I'm going to walk you through a few of the facts, tell you how to get more information on that so you can draw your own conclusion. And then we have to ask the big question, if it isn't some lone nut gunman, if Martin Luther King was killed as a result of a conspiracy uh, that included the government and the mafia, why? Then you have to ask why. And, and did it work? Did it change the course of events? So let's talk about that. I'm going to take you down the rabbit hole now. And uh, Binkley, my producer Binkley's here. Hi, Binkley. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Well, I guess. Uh, so I remember just telling you a little bit about this, and you were as fascinated as I was by this story, right? I mean, I, I don't think this is common knowledge. Do you? Yeah, I was blown away by it the first time I heard about it. Yeah, because the evidence is so good. Yeah. So this is what, let me just give you a little, a little bit about it. The idea is 
James Earl Ray was set up as a as a patsy, uh, put into the scene uh, to run away. I don't know if he was meant to be caught or what. And his lawyer was kind of in on it and his first lawyer and convinced him to plead guilty and suggested that he could get out of it later or something like that. So after a long period of time, uh, his case, after uh, a decade, his case came to the attention of this guy, Dr. Pepper. And then uh, it took another decade for Pepper to be totally convinced that Ray was not actually knowingly participating in the assassination conspiracy. He tried, Pepper tried to get Ray a real, a new trial. And the King family supported that because they knew a lot of real evidence would come out in the trial. It was denied, denied, denied. So what Pepper did was he and some very prominent lawyers, a judge, the prosecutor on the other side of the table was Ken Starr's number two in the Whitewater investigation. And then uh, that guy played the prosecutor and Pepper played defense. And they, with the help of or produced by HBO television and Thames television in England, they put on a trial using Tennessee law. These were real lawyers using the real law. It took 10 days. They had a jury. And in seven hours, the jury found Ray not guilty. So, And there was a lot of evidence in the record of that. And it got very little press. Then, then later, after even more evidence emerged... Pepper and the King family uh, started a civil suit against a guy named Lloyd Jower. So I think some people in the audience have heard these stories. Some people, this is all new to them. I'm absolutely happy to hear what people in the audience want to contribute to this conversation because it's really interesting. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. So in a real court of law, not a TV court of law, they uh, talked about... They tried Jowers and conspirators known and unknown in a civil case for wrongful death against um, King. And Jowers just laid it all bare, told the whole story. And uh, and the jury found for the King family that there was a conspiracy. The conspiracy he describes included government agents from the local level, the state level, federal level, the military, the mafia. He himself was just like the manager of a dinette or something. There were witnesses. A witness saw the actual trigger man was a Memphis police officer. Two witnesses saw him fleeing. This guy Jowers, there was a witness who saw him uh, with a smoking gun, which he took from the policeman. I mean, it's really, you really have to dig in to believe the details here. But didn't you tell me, Binkley, that they, that, that, that the Kings made all that, the, the evidence there available? Yeah, the whole case file, like 2,000 pages, is available on the MLK website, the museum's website. So you can, this when people say, like, who's they, quote, and who's the, uh, this conspiracy, you can actually go in there. They have the name of the shooter that they say is Frank Strausser. I mean, this was... Uh, you can't say stuff. I don't think you can really get away with saying stuff like that. That would be a conspiracy within a conspiracy if you can publish all that stuff and get away with it. So this story goes deep. And then I, I kept digging. And and that's when I, I then it, then it talk about layers upon layers. There's actually <laughs> more to the story. And I think it's going to have an impact over the next the next 10 years. Uh, how this story is going to unfold. So I'll leave you with that. Be right back. This is Monica Perez in for Eric Erickson.
This is Monica Perez in for Eric Erickson. Eric will be back tomorrow. You want to hear my regular show? I'm on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. You can get the podcast of that at MonicaPerezShow.com. We're talking about Martin Luther King uh, Day, but this year marks the 50th anniversary of his assassination. And when I see Anderson Cooper and uh, uh, CNN anchors crying because Trump used a bad word that offends people and uh, they're, you know, out there emoting for justice, I have to wonder why they're not talking about what's really going on, like what really created what really really led to where we are today. And what I talked about earlier in the half hour was what is, I think, convincing evidence that Martin Luther King was not killed by a lone nut and that uh, he was assassinated for some reason, some political reason, some threat to the people who conspired to kill him, which included all levels of government, plus the military, the mafia, private people. What was it? And uh, we actually had a call at the break. We didn't want to go on the air, but asking about is there a tie in with other assassinations like Medgar Evers? And I always think of Malcolm X. Malcolm X was a divisive character until, well, according to the autobiography that we probably all read, um, a divisive character. But then he took a pilgrimage uh, to, I, I guess it was Mecca. It's been a long time since I read that book. But it was a religious pilgrimage where he discovered the um, morality of unity, of the moral good of unity. And he was killed shortly after that. And that that goes to something that I've noticed for for a long time. I've seen written about that the divisiveness is really just to keep us fighting each other so that we don't see the real source of the injustices that are pushed down from the top. Now, I'm not a social justice warrior. I'm a libertarian. I think the injustice is the privilege bestowed by government and not that government doesn't redistribute wealth like that's something that really separates me ideologically from a lot of these guys, even JFK, I would not have voted for him because I don't tie justice with redistributing wealth. I I find that that often gets tied up together. I believe in real rights, human rights, that you shouldn't, the government cannot uh, have government uh, buses and then segregate them. Like, you just can't do that. So uh, I... But you also can't kill somebody for their political message. It's the ultimate subversion against the First Amendment. You know, it's a crime, obviously, a terrible tragedy. But I feel like the assassinations in the 60s, most, if not all of which, were attributed to lone nuts. So you couldn't see the motivation behind it. Uh, Malcolm X, JFK, RFK, MLK, Evers, they all they all for sure had civil rights power in their um, hands and also anti-war stuff. But I'm going to tell you what I think the uh, the kind of behind the scenes on the civil rights movement was after the break. This is Monica Perez in for Eric Erickson. This is Monica Perez in for Eric Erickson. Eric will be back tomorrow. My regular show is Saturday from 3 to 6. I'm a hardcore libertarian, but I also like to get into some deep truth, some hardcore deep history, as I call it. And 
there's no really truly no better opportunity than Martin Luther King Day for that, because to the extent people come up with what are described as kooky conspiracy theories, the conspiracy fact that Martin Luther King was killed by a conspiracy and not by a lone nut gunman has been uh, a jury has found that to be uh, reasonable in a civil case, a mock trial believed it the king family and the king center supports this view books have been written about it i'm convinced so you have to ask why and uh the many other assassinations in the 60s point to civil rights uh and anti-war and the civil rights issue to me was they knew change was going to come but these people who had the power like martin luther king were were not fully controllable. They might take the civil rights movement and give it real power. And according to a quote by Johnson, which I've seen several times regarding the 57 Civil Rights Act, LBJ said, we've got to give them a little something, just enough to quiet them down, not enough to make a difference, for if we don't move at all, then their allies will line up against us and there'll be no way of stopping them. So that indicates to me that the civil rights movement was kind of a controlled, you know, that's they, the reason these people were killed is that they were not controllable. The civil rights movement was going to happen, but the direction needed to be controlled from the top. And that's what these people were a threat to. That's my conclusion. Open to other interpretations. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I've got time for call. Brett in Gainesville, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing good. Um, not to change the subject, because what you're talking about is very vital, but um, I was just curious, in the world today, how there can be a double standard um, when it comes to race, and specifically how a councilman in Gwinnett can call John Lewis a racist and John Lewis turn, and, get, and lose his job because of it, and John Lewis turn around today and call the president a racist. I just was curious what, what well, your input was on that. If I, my opinion on on that double standard is that there is always a double standard. It seems to me, Democrat versus Republican. So if you the quote I just read from LBJ, he was a Democrat who's credited with bringing in the 1964 Civil Rights Act, obviously. But if you read about him, he was truly a foul-mouthed racist. So no one will ever, you'll never see Anderson Cooper crying, reading LBJ quotes. He's not doing that. He is, so it's, it's very political. It's very cynical. And, uh, but then I take it one step further and say, does it really matter if you get what you want, which is the Civil Rights Act or DACA or whatever? Does it really matter? So my answer is, does it matter what somebody feels in their heart or whatever if they get you what you want? So when I look at the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, you look at the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, uh, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights really have been eroded over the years, which means that they weren't bulletproof. Uh, but what do the words mean? Was it a setup? Was it meant to not be bulletproof? Are we bound to it even though, are we bound to the words on it or what people really thought uh what they were kind of tricking us into. I mean, I wonder sometimes uh, if 
when they replaced the Articles of Confederation with the Constitution, they meant to make, I, I don't wonder, I'm sure, they meant to make a stronger central government, and it was a little bit of a hijacking of the revolution. Now, with the civil rights stuff, when LBJ, he made that cynical comment about the 57 Civil Rights Act, just give a little so that, you know, it's just a relief or release valve. The 64 Civil Rights Act had a lot, actually, of power. And in, in this book I'm reading, it talks about how that took Kennedy uh, King off the front pages because his struggle was, uh, in some quarters, considered one. Uh, but if if you look at LBJ and you, you, you evaluate his motives, if he was he really racist or whatever, uh, and you think that the Civil Rights Act really wasn't meant that he meant the same thing for both civil rights act that you give but you control it and that's why these people were killed perhaps and if you look uh you know when you look at the drug war when you look at welfare which they targeted they actually lobbied in inner cities for people to take welfare then later it came with the stipulation that you needed to have a broken home to get it, you know, they get you hooked on it and then they they make a requirement for you to get that, to break up your home. I mean, it could have been this was subversive from the beginning. And I personally think that welfare is subversive. Now, I don't think Martin Luther King was his his desire to increase social programs, I absolutely do not think was subversive, but but perhaps LBJ's interest in giving them was subversive. I mean, that's a thought. Let me uh, go to Mike in Fayetteville. Uh, Mike, you have about a minute. Give me, okay. give me what you got. I'll make it quick. How come we only have one holiday after name one person when we have no other holiday named after just one person or one man? I can even understand celebrating Equal Rights Day or Equal Opportunity Day, but there were many whites or many Mexicans or many blacks that brought about the Equal um, Civil Rights Bill. I do. I actually reflected on that yesterday. We used to have President's Day, I think, like George Washington and Lincoln, then they mushed it all together into President's Day. I guess the longer your country exists, the more, you know, the less you can actually celebrate each individual. And I was always, uh, I, I, I would not have voted for JFK. I'm an absolute libertarian and um, I wouldn't have agreed with his policies. But I take very seriously his assassination because I do believe it marked kind of a um, it was a coup in this country and really changed over the next 18 years through the assassination attempt on Reagan, really changed this country so that our political process is a charade now, in my opinion. Uh, And I and I began to have an appreciation even just by the fact that MLK was assassinated of what power he had and how significant it was. Uh, of his of his death. I would go for a JFK day as well or share it, you know, but I feel like um, that his death for certainly for the people who loved him and who he was the most powerful representative, how that was the the turning point, the beginning of the end. I think of it as JFK, but a lot of people think of it as MLK. So I can I, I have a new respect for the the real power he represented if only as represented by the people who had to take him out. So let's take a quick break. I'll be back. Uh, and more calls after this, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez in for Eric Erickson. Monica Perez in for Eric Erickson. 
Eric will be back tomorrow. Uh, so before the break, we were talking about how uh, a caller called, and I agreed with him, that MLK was the only person whose uh, name, who's just the single person celebrated on a federal holiday. But Binkley pointed out there are actually still two federal holidays that celebrate individuals by name. Go for it, Binkley. Yes, contrary to popular belief, on a national level, there's no such thing as President's Day. The federal holiday is officially called Washington's Birthday and celebrating George Washington's birthday. And Columbus Day, while some states have started to not celebrate it on the federal level, it's still a holiday. See, I did not know that. Thank you very much. Got a little handy-dandy fact-checker here. That's good. Keep me honest. And if you ever hear... Me say something you think is wrong, you got to always call because I love to be corrected. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Tony and Conyers. Hi, Tony. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Good to talk with you. Thanks for calling. So that, yeah. yeah. So that last caller actually did kind of remind me of something, and it got me thinking a little bit about that. And Dr. King was a great civil rights leader, and I think uh, a definitely a, a cause and a voice for the civil rights union but uh, uh, I'm sorry the what I wanted to say was what about President Lincoln I mean wasn't he the ultimate civil rights warrior well I'll tell you why I uh, respect MLK more than Lincoln is that what with Martin Luther King he was uh, into passive resistance change, through nonviolent means. Uh, so far, he what he did was legal. I would not have agreed with some of the policy initiatives I think he was going to take. Uh, but with with Lincoln, you know, really was not the that war. I, I don't think it was necessary. And I don't think he was uh, his motivations were 100 percent pure. I think uh, states rights were violated i think that he probably he wanted he maybe could have solved the problem i know it was a difficult issue that it took a long time to try to get through but i feel like he killed a lot of people and martin luther king was not going to do that and possibly achieve more in the end and and i think that's extremely powerful uh so for me i think it's it, when when martin luther king was taken out it was really like with the other guys the the end of the first amendment you know and i and i believe in the power of the law and if you can affect change in a lawful manner i have to respect that as the american way but uh, i'm gonna i'm put a new twist in the story right after the break this is monica perez